You are listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 117, featuring special guest Mariah Rose Faith of the national tour of Mean Girls. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? This is Maggie Barra, and welcome to another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, where I take you behind the scenes of the theater industry. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every single week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Actor Aesthetic or join our Facebook group, the Actor Aesthetic Alliance. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show. Don't forget that the theater industry is a business and it's all about branding and marketing. You can be the absolute best actor in the world, but if no one knows who you are and you don't know how to market yourself, what's the point? Learn how to easily define your brand and communicate it through websites, social media, headshots, resumes, postcards, and audition material by grabbing a copy of my ebook, Marketing 101 for Actors, an actor's guide to successful branding. Simply go to actoraesthetic.com shop to get your copy today. What's up, everyone? It's Maggie Barra. Can you believe we are already up to episode 117 of the Actor Aesthetic podcast? I cannot wait for you to hear this full episode today because it features someone that I have admired now for a couple of years. And the reason why is because I first saw her on YouTube singing a cover of Dead Girl Walking from Heathers in her bathroom. And let me just say, it was one of the best renditions I had ever heard in my life. You probably know her as starring as Regina George in the national tour of Mean Girls. And for my Star Kid fans out there, you know who I'm talking about. Today, we have the Queen Bee, Mariah Rose Faith, chatting about her roundabout way to pursuing a career in the theater industry full-time, Star Kid, Mean Girls, social media, and yes, of course, theater stands. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, get ready. I loved recording this episode with Mariah. She is truly the kindest and funniest human. So without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat. What's up, Mariah? Okay, so where did you initially grow up? Were you an LA girl? I grew up in San Diego, like inland San Diego. I have family in LA, and when I was younger, like teen years, I started doing like a few acting classes in LA, so I'd come up a lot. Okay, um, and is that how you got, yeah. you initially got involved in theater? I initially got involved in theater because I was a really, <laughs> I was a really shy, introverted kid, mm-hmm. um, but I'd love to sing. And so I was like seven, seven or eight. And my mom was like, I, I had friends that were doing theater and she's like, I'm going to put you in theater. I feel like it's going to like really help you come out of your shell and also you get to sing. Um, and so that's how she pushed me into it. And I ended up loving it like truly loving it of course like the first role I had though I did have like a song I hear it was Honk Jr. Am yes I wrong? it was Honk Jr. <laughs> so okay this is actually a delightful 
story because all I wanted to do was sing I didn't yeah. really I didn't know what acting like what like I loved <laughs> movies and I played pretend and all that um but basically we got like a little envelope of what our roles were at like the end of I don't remember whatever whatever it was that was the casting way back in the olden times apparently um and I open it up and it just said female soloist and I didn't know what that meant and so I just started to cry in the car because I was like I don't get to sing I don't get to sing and my mom was like you literally <laughs> have a song. <laughs> so I'm going to need you to chill out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the young, young age, young, mm-hmm. new into theater. We're just <laughs> little nuggets of fusion. Um, <laughs> and did you, did you stick with theater or how did you transition from, from doing it, you know, as a hobby to choosing to do it as a career? Yeah, I've had a very odd journey. I love um, to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I stuck with it for a bit when I was younger kind of for a few years and then I got into that weird like 12 13 phase where there really isn't like there's not a lot of roles at least Mm -hmm. back then there weren't um I you know some of the shows that the rights are available now I think have opened a few more doors for that age group but back when and like in my community theater area and whatnot I was just like placed in odd things and it it just kind of took the fun out of it for Mm -hmm. me and I was also playing sports and like was starting to do like more film stuff and get into that and so I took a break um until I turned like 17 so it was like a good five year chunk where I stopped four or five years um and then I got back into it again because (laughs) this is also so stupid (laughs) They were doing Seussical in my town and I uh-huh. wanted to play the cat in the hat so bad. That's like my dream. It was my dream role, which is so, I don't really Random. says a lot of <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> really says so much. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to audition and I'm going to get the cat in the hat. That's how I'm getting that. And I did. You booked. <laughs> I booked. Booked and blessed. You know I was. Um, and then I was, do- I've done it ever since, since that but even when I moved to LA and like going to school, I was going to school for film and everything. I was still doing theater and I was mm. doing theater in college. And like all my teachers were basically just like, F you, please pursue theater. And I'm like, I love movies. I love them. Which you can love both, turns out. Um, turns out yeah. And then I just started working professionally and everyone in my life was just like, what are you doing? What was holding you back, do you think? You know, it's interesting hearing different people's stories about whether or not they knew that they wanted to pursue musical theater. They went to college for it. They just knew. And for you, was it because you just really, truly loved films and writing and all of that stuff? Yeah, I think a big percent yes in that where I, I think like when I was like five, I was like, I'm going to be a director. And I had like a Barbie video yeah. camera and like didn't play with Barbies, had a Barbie video camera. I don't <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. And so I think it was just always the dream. Um, and I, I mean, there was a time cause I went to community college for two years and when I was like looking to apply to schools, I did have a moment of going like, well, I'm going to apply to film schools and I'm going to do college auditions mm-hmm. for show. And I'm like, I'm just going to just see what the the best one is, the, the best school that I get into. And then I'll yeah, choose from yeah. there, which like didn't end up playing out that way, which I'm glad. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
Yeah, there was a lot of in-between back and forth until I was like literally like 22 years old. We did a family thing when I got, saw Wicked. It was like yeah. my fourth time seeing Wicked. Or something. <laughs> but different. And the show starts and I just start sobbing. And we get to Define Gravity and I'm like heaving. And it's at like the theater that I first saw it for the first time when I was like the first national tour of it. So it was very full circle, I think. Um and I'm with my family and I'm sitting next to my dad who's never seen it. And he has stars in his eyes. Like he loves oh. every second of it. And I'm waiting in line with my mom for the bathroom at intermission. She just goes, what's going on? Why? She's like, she I know knew. you're, she knew. And I was like, mom, I feel like I've been doing this for so long, really like my whole life. And I'm like, I haven't given it that energy yeah. that I really want to give it. And I, I want to do it. And she was like, then do it. And so I left film school and literally a month in between leaving film school, I got my first call for Mean Girls. So Crazy. Yeah. It goes to show how much you have to give like your full yep. essence into. Otherwise Everything. it might just slip right by. And what a crazy story of just trusting your gut and going for it. And look where yeah. it got you. You know, and sometimes it takes a second. Sometimes it takes till you're 22 okay. and you're crying in a theater and you realize, <laughs> oh my God, I'm such a dummy. Like I shut it down, but I wouldn't trade it. You know, I wouldn't, I love the journey that it's yeah. been. So. Gosh, that's wild. Okay. So tell me then, I know that you posted the, um, your infamous world burn video. Okay. Yeah. So did that have anything to do with, um, eventually getting called in for Mean Girls? Yes. So this is the, this is truly that like dream story. And I'm very happy that it's part of my life. Um, I literally, I remember being in the car with my mom years ago when they were like, we're making Mean Girls into a musical. And I was like, oh my God, like I have to be a part of it. And in my head back then I'm brunette and I go, maybe I can play Gretchen, which is like nowhere (laughs) in no universe would I play Gretchen Wieners. None, no universe. (laughs) Um, but in that moment in time and then, you know, it starts getting developed. And I remember I listened to the cast album when I was finally out and I heard world burn and I was like, Oh crap. Uh-huh. Like this, this song. And I was, I was sitting, this is another full circle moment. And I, I don't know how they keep happening to me. I <laughs> listened to it for the first time with one of my friends at her house. We're like laying by the pool, listening to it. And I go, girl, I'm going to play this role. I'm going to play this role. No. And she's like, hell yeah, you are. So I literally two days later record that cover. I like barely knew the song. I'd listened to it like four to- times, but I was like, I love it. I'm going to sing it. <laughs> um, this is the full circle thing. I am house sitting for that friend and I'm house sitting because she has dogs and they're all on some sort of trip I get the I get reached out to by Telsey at the house that I said that I was going to play that role no (laughs) yeah they had seen the video um which I later found out that Tina and Jeff Jeff Richman who wrote it and Tina Fey they were the ones who saw it and they were like let's give this girl a shot like let's let's give her a chance and I really don't think that they I don't know if they really thought much of it, but, um, yeah, I did like self tape literally the next day after hearing. Cause I was like, I want them to know I care about this. Absolutely. Yeah. I was like, no, no, no. Like I'm not waiting at all, which was like three scenes and two songs. And yeah. And then they were like, we really liked it. LA callback. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. And then 
it was just like the Regina pool. So like Broadway or tour, it was just Mm -hmm. kind of that like time. Um, and then flew out to New York, which was also, it was the first time I'd ever been to New York. Wow. That was great. It was, it was awesome. And I actually met, um, Danny Wade and Mm -hmm. Olivia Kaufman there because they were in for the standby um auditions at the same time for Broadway and then so again just super full circle of like meeting Danny at that point and then we come together Mm -hmm. um but yeah it was after that one where they were like really like oh we want to consider you for tour too and I was like I would love to do tour like there was Uh something in me that was like oh my god because then it's like I could play that theater that I sobbed in you know and I could play LA and all this stuff um so yeah, I did like three more. And the last one, it was like between me and like three girls in front of Lauren Michaels. And I was just like, I don't even care if I get it. Like, this is like bucket list. This is like truly, I am in front of Lauren Michaels. I made a joke about my boobs, which was weird, oh. but I feel like it sealed the deal. I feel like that's what sealed <laughs> Yeah, and then I got a call like two days later from this wonderful casting person from Chelsea and then they were like Mariah and I was like please just tell me I got it please <laughs> my heart so, wow. a journey do you think that that video really made a significant difference in your life I love talking about an actor's online presence it's something I teach about coach about because you know social media and things like that can be um, used negatively Mm-hmm. but they can be used for such good and they can really create opportunities for you, build build a brand for you online, build their persona. I mean, the opportunities are endless. Yeah. So hearing that story is so powerful and it also really highlights the fact that in some ways you are in control of your, your life and your career in this industry when a lot of things don't feel like you have much control. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I definitely basically um preach the same thing to those who I coach and speak to as well, where it's like, it can be this, and it is a very hectic world. The social media world is very hectic and can be mm. very scary and negative place. But even speaking of myself, like I, I don't come from a lot of money as so I've never been to New York. Like, it's like, I couldn't afford to go to New York and go see shows. Um, so I knew for myself, like I, I literally at the time when I got reached out to the, for the first time, I was working four jobs to wow. survive in LA. I mean, all of them like little part-time gigs, but it's like, it's what I had to do. Um, cause I wasn't being supported by my family. It was just me. And it kind of was like, I had already found little opportunities from YouTube and social media. So I was like, I'm just going to keep doing this because and putting it out there and putting it on casting sites, because like you really never know. And also I'm just like, not someone. And I, I encourage people to be the same of like, make your own opportunities. There is no waiting game. You can't, you can't, who are you waiting for? Someone's just going to magically, magically show up. And it's like, well, someone saw your video. And I'm like, because I put the video out. Yeah, You know, it's like, there's still that. Yes, it was serendipitous and beautiful, but I could have not done it. I did it with the intention in mind of it possibly getting seen by people. Absolutely. So, exactly. It was very intentional. And also, you sounded great. So there's that, but besides (laughs) the fact. So 
So you, I mean, we talked about an online presence as an actor, but let's talk about specifically social media. Is there, have you found that, I mean, you're really, you, you've gained such a following through both your, your, your content that you post on YouTube and star kid, which we'll talk about and, um, and mean girls. Um, have you found that you have to be a little bit more conscious about, about what you post online now that you're, you're more in the public eye? Yeah, it's been a cute journey. Um, I can only imagine. (laughs) Well, because they really went from like, not a lot to a lot. And it was, it was a, in like a year. Um, so that was a whirlwind. Um, one of the reasons why, like, I'm not on Twitter anymore was because I had been on like Stan Twitter when I was younger and I just used to like spitting my thoughts out and forgetting, like, I'm like, no one cares about me. And then all of a sudden it's like, people are screenshotting my tweets. People are Mm -hmm. like viewing things. And it's like something that I could tweet in a moment of being drunk might be like, you know, it's nothing I'd not really want to say, um, or could come off as hurtful or whatever. Um, and so I was like, Oh, I, I thought I could like retrain myself kind of thing. And it's like, no, I've been on this app since I was like an annoying 16 year old. Mm. This is how I've used it. And I was like, cool. This is just not for me, not for me anymore. And cause I would never want to run the risk of saying something that was like untrue to my character because of just like typing and pressing send. Um, so let go of that. But like on Instagram and other stuff, because there isn't at least how my brain works, it it doesn't feel so immediate. It, it is like a thought before pressing yeah. send. Um, everything is just me. Like it's very raw, honest, authentic truth. It's like their open book of whatnot. Um, but Instagram also allows like close friend stories, which is like a bunch of just people I know in, in real right. life. Mm-hmm. That it is, I can post the like, guys, I was at the store and this stupid thing happened where it's like, you know, it it doesn't matter, but it it gives like, at least for how my brain works, there's just like a better separation with it. Um, but otherwise like, I don't know. I don't like to filter myself. Um, but it's like a guarding sort of thing. I don't know. I understand. Yeah. So Instagram, at least in like TikTok, it's like, there is no filter, but <laughs> if I want to go and be wild, I got to post that on the close friends. And I know I, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, but it's all very real and I don't, I don't shut up. And I think that's my, <laughs> <laughs> from being the quiet introvert to whatever I am now. Man, you are- took a journey. You yeah. said I am no longer. <laughs> the yeet. Then we're eating it out. No more. <laughs> So switching gears. So tell us about StarKid for someone who doesn't know exactly what it is or who's listening today that that has heard of it but doesn't know. Can you just give us like a, a short breakdown of what it is? Yeah. So StarKid is like an online theater community. They're in person as well, but they post all of their original shows onto YouTube um, or you can get digital tickets. And so they've really like worked hard over the last 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Last 10 years. Um, to making theater really accessible for people, which I've always loved. Um, their first like kind of claim to fame with their original show was um, a very Potter musical, mm-hmm. which was helped written by like Darren Chris and like everybody is really notable and 
um I'm obsessed with them all and I am like the baby like nerd of the group where I'm like I don't know how I'm here because like everybody has been friends for 10 years and they it started out of U of Michigan um and so like most of them went to school there together and I'm just like yeah when you guys put that musical out I was 13 you know it's like literally a child literally the baby how did you get involved so I got involved in Starcade because I was working on this original show, Starry, and some of the Starcade people were also working on it. And when they did the Guy Day Like Musicals, um, they were looking for someone my-ish type, like mm-hmm. young, rock belty kind of voice and this, this, and that. And they didn't have that really in their poll of people. So they were like, who do we know? Who can we reach out to? And at least like during that time, I know that they want to shift gears a little bit, but really Star Kid just auditioned people that like knew somebody else within it just because it is a very tight knit family group. Um, and it's worked out very well for them that way. But yeah, so I worked with Jamie, Dylan and Jeff and Starry and they were just like, Hey, you want to audition for this Star Kid show that we're doing? And I was like, yeah, I won't get in, but sure. I'll audition for it. <laughs> and like, and then I did. And I was like, this is so silly. What? Like that's wild. And I definitely underestimated the Star Kid fans. They're the best, but they are wild. <laughs> I love them. They're my kids. And I would, I would never trade them for anything in the entire world. But I was like, you know, little baby Mariah was like, hello. What have I just entered? What have I just, I think that they are like, I mean, some of them are also Broadway stands, but like the star kid stands, like they go hard. They go so hard. I'm sure everyone listening knows what a stand is, knows what a theater, but what is a stand? Tell us, tell the a world. A stand is, is, is uh, not just an ordinary fan. This it's is simply not- for my grandpa who listens to the grandpa. podcast, okay? What's your grandpa's name? Bruce. Bruce. Let me, let me break it down for you. <laughs> so, you know, you have, you have a fan that's like, oh, I love this person. or I love this show, this community. Great. Listens to it, watches the show. A stan is eat, sleep, and breathe this material. <laughs> they, again, in the best way as oh, yeah. someone who also stands many a thing. Um, it is like what you want to talk about 24 seven. You sometimes, you, you know, everything probably, you, you probably know more than the creators about the content <laughs> that they have created. <laughs> they, there's a lot of deep dives. There's a lot would of- Would you consider yourself a stan of something? Oh. I would consider myself a great Comet stan. Oh. By far. I, I mm-hmm. love great. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be a One Direction stan Ooh. fully, fully, yeah. fully, fully. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be a Digimon stan. Oh, <laughs> very nerdy. Um, okay. I am. I am known a little bit as the number one Luigi stan. Yes, like you Mar- are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this I which forget. was um that was the kids really rode that wave <laughs> with me. Um. And I had to take a little Luigi break because. Wait, but I I think I I vaguely remember. Is there a Luigi musical that there is in the works? 
Okay. Yes, there's a Luigi <laughs> musical in the works. I really love it. It's going to take a while until that bad boy is developed. I, I should be working on it more now, but I am, not to say it's not a serious project, I'm working on a little bit more serious things. But I get asked I at least once a week, at least once a week. Do you really? Someone, oh, yeah. I'll get a DM that's like, how's the Luigi musical coming? Or a comment on TikTok. Wow. So that's, that's you have cool. to give the people what they want. I do. I owe them this. I I put it out there so aggressively that now I can't go back. <laughs> like, simply your fault. <laughs> oh, it's all on me. Everything that I go, oh, this is, wow, I really get talked about this a lot. It's yeah. my, it's my doing. Yeah. Like, this is, <laughs> no one's fault but my own, for sure. You, you, I mean, I think you mentioned that you also, yeah, you write your own, your own music and stuff like that. I do. Yeah. What's your process like for that? Like, what kind of stuff do you write? Ah, I write, I mean, I write like singer songwriter stuff, but also like little alternative indie rock sort of stuff. Um, I'm really trying to get an EP going in this next year. Yeah, that I would love to do. And I'm working with a little bit people right now, but also just working with myself on it right now. Um, which is cool. But I'm also just like, I used to songwrite a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, and then, you know, as one does when you get into theater and you're learning new songs all the time, it's hard to, or at least it was harder for me to, yeah, to, to find that place. I was also like in a weird place for the last couple of years. And now I feel like there's just a lot of newness, even in the chaos of everything right now. And so I've just been flowing with it. And it's been really exciting because I definitely think I was in a limbo period of mm-hmm. not really being able to write the stuff I wanted to write. And now it's uh, coming out a lot easier. Cool. How do you find, how do you, how do you find that creativity? You know, even when, when things are as bizarre as they are right now, you know? Yeah. I think first of all, you can't force it. That's one, but it's also give yourself time to, Mm -hmm. to breathe in yourself because even times where I would be teaching like four classes a day, just a couple months ago, I can't, my brain won't be able to have the capacity to then sing on my own and create art on my own because I've been giving so much of that all day. And so I think like I've been taking walks more, which helps because I have this dog. I'll go to like the dog park with him and just like being in the world as much as we can, because we can't even that much right now, um, to empty my mind and let it be open to find that creativity is everything. Because the more that we're truly like on our phones, like if I'm on my phone all day, like I'm probably not going to write music because I'm taking in so much information all the day time instead of just letting myself be with myself and not everyone else in the world. Cause if that's something else, social media, which is great that you can feel like you're not alone, but also it can become exhausting because it's like you've been hanging out with a hundred people all day. My final question for you, Mariah, is if you could give just one piece of advice to a young artist pursuing a career or at least trying, wanting to pursue a career in the theater industry, what would that be? I would say um, find little moments to celebrate you in your craft and what you do and ride that wave of knowing that you belong in this industry. There's a space for you because the more that you get to know yourself, you get to see all the amazing details of who you are and you can see where it's needed in the industry and needed in the world. Um, Something else I learned as I, you know, started doing more professional work is that people are 
on your side more than you think. Um, When you walk into that audition room, know that they want to cast you. You're there because they want you to be the person that they're looking for. And if they don't, if they have a negative energy about them, then you don't want to work with them. You don't want to be there in the first place. Like, I know I went into one time, like, a few years ago, like an agent audition for like musical theater stuff. And he was the worst. <laughs> he was the worst. It was so rude to me. And I was like, I don't want you to represent me. Exactly. Like, absolutely not. Um, wait, it, there is a great comment reference in here because we were supposed to do two contrasting songs and great comment had like just come out. Um, and I sang Dead Girl Walking because at the time it was like, I always know I could kill that song. Oh, yeah. And he's like, great, what's your other song? And I was like, I'm going to sing Dust and Ashes. And I'm, I had this great rendition of it that I made. It, it was great. I loved it. And he just laughed and said, no. And I was like, interesting that you wouldn't want to see the reason why I chose to do it. And so I bring that story up too because those are the people in this industry you will encounter. But that entitlement in that specific way, it's probably not where you want to be. So don't be down on yourself if it doesn't work out because you want to surround yourself with people that encourage your creativity and encourage your art. In all the professional environments I have been in and Tony award-winning directors and writers, you know, they are giving me that. They want to see what I have and they are not going to force their box onto you, the right people. Hmm. So yeah, be be aware of your worth. That's the summary of it all. Like know that- you are, you are a creative force to be reckoned with. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well said. And really important right now is to continue knowing your own worth, creating your own opportunities and just keep hustling and and working hard, but yeah, hustling and bustling. Mariah, I just wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time and chatting. It's been so lovely. And I do hope you have a good rest of your 2020 we're so almost we're so close i just go i just i'm just like let it in just let it in let it die If you enjoyed today's episode and you found it helpful, I would love it if you could screenshot it and share it to your Instagram stories so that I can see who is following along with me there. If you haven't already, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Join me every single week for a brand new episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, bringing you behind the scenes of the theater industry. Until then, this is Maggie Barra signing off. It takes a village. I'll see you next week.